Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast, the podcast that is known for its assist giving in a 30 minute hat trick. More on that later. Anywho, uh, let's, uh, I've got to come up with new ones every week and I just think of them like on the fly. So some are better than others. But anyway, <laughs> let's get on with it. Uh, I've got a three man crew this evening, uh, me plus two. I've got Phil and I've got Jez with me this week. Good evening to you both. Hello. Hello. And uh, we have plenty to get into, so we're not going to waste any time at all. We're going to start backwards and work our way forwards to the European action afterwards. So let's go back to the weekend that was in Ligue 1, first of all. We saw the Friday match, um, which didn't turn out to be much of a match in the end, as PSG swept aside Nice uh, 4-1. And it was quite a comprehensive win, helped in no small part by Nice losing their rag uh, with Enseprian seeing red for two yellows. Christopher Rell also sent off three minutes later. Uh, goals, two from Angel Di Maria. More on him later. Certainly one of those unbelievably good goals. Uh, Kylian Mbappe and Maro Icardi sealed the deal after Gonaga had briefly given Nice hope just into the second half, or 20 minutes into the second half, I should say. But comprehensive win for PSG, um, who seem to be back in their stride after a um, slow start, I suppose you could say. Speaking of slow starts, that leads us on to Saturday. Um... Oh well, again, we will talk about them in a lot more detail in a moment. Uh, but not the greatest of starts for uh, for um, Garcia, who was booed onto the pitch, <laughs> which I'm sure booed, it has happened. Booed onto the pitch. And Just off. in case anybody yeah. didn't hear that, that's yeah. Booed special. on and off and throughout, yeah. Uh, not the greatest starts for him, nor for his charges. A nil-nil draw at home to uh, sort of lowly, have to say, Dijon. Not ideal, but as I say, we will touch on, on OL and their situation uh, and Rudy a little later on. Um, we'll briefly scoop past this one as well. Phil Rouse won Montpellier nil. Um, yeah. Early goal from Abdul Hamid getting the points for Ram, who uh, continue their decent form. Um, yeah, not ideal for Montpellier. Got off a bit of a cliff recently for whatever reason. No Delors, no party. That probably doesn't help. Um, Auger losing at home as well to Brest, who continue to have a, a lovely old time. Cardona with the winning goal in 67 minutes in that one. And uh, Jez, what were you worried about? Had nothing to worry about. Uh, Mets won Nantes nil. Uh, Wagu sent <laughs> off for uh, Nantes and Diao with the late winner. Um, but yes, good result that for, for Mets. Um, happy with that, Jez, just quickly? Because you were a little bit concerned about that one surprised or just pleasantly surprised pleasantly surprised mm, i'm surprised every time mess win in league <laughs> um i mean they they are harder to beat this year than maybe previous occasions in the top flight so i still think it's going to be tight but at least we're sort of giving a reasonable account of ourselves and making yeah it's a start to make yourself tough to beat and then we just need to maybe stop relying so much on Diallo because he's got seven of our nine goals so far. So if anything happens to him, we're in trouble. Yeah, that's that's always the concern, isn't it? If, if one doesn't fire, who will? But yeah. He, he was also the first of the late goals for the weekend because there mm. were several. Um, but yeah, we had some, some last-minute goals that got points. Um one of which I'm sure we'll come to in the rest of the multiplex and then another two on Sunday as well. So. Yes, yes indeed. One of those was uh, Omien's late equaliser. Uh, mm -hmm. Calibresi levelling after Neem had gone one up through Martinez. But yeah, 93rd minute goal, I believe it was for Omien. There was um, some big VAR and a fight 
in that yes. game as well. That was that took up quite a lot of the multiplex if you were watching that, but it was uh, oh, cracking hello. fun. But uh, yeah, gutting for Neem, but uh, yeah, an interesting end end to the evening. Yeah, good away points for, for Omiya. Uh, Lille didn't have the best weekend either, losing to Toulouse, um, the, the legend that is Yaya Sanogo with the opener. Max Gradel's penalty made it two before Jose Font scored a late goal, which wasn't enough for the away charges. Uh, more on them a little later on as well. Um, on to Sunday's game, one of those late winners here, uh, Bordeaux Nielsen Etienne won. Dennis Boringas. Penalty in the 90th minute. Um, notable highlight performances from Stefan Ruffier and, and William Saliba in that one. Um, defending heroically for long periods of time. But it could win that away from home for Sinatian. Claude Puel, I mean, yeah, it's like he's never been away, isn't it, really? Just settles in quietly and, and drags Sinatian <coughs> up the table. Um, did anybody see this this game? Because I caught half of it before I had to go out. Um, yeah, I, thought, I, was, I yeah. thought it was quite a good game, actually. It was... Not necessarily the highest quality, but it was end to end. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I'm not entirely sure it's fair to the rest of the Saint Etienne team to say it was kind of all about Ruffier. I thought it was reasonably reasonably evenly matched. Mm. Um, they got a little bit lucky to get the winner in the end, I think. But it was yeah, it was it was a decent watch. Yeah, yeah. So that's you know are, are certainly improving under Puel as well. With, giving him enough credit or should we be giving him more because they were, I mean, they were awful at the start of the season. He seems to have turned them around quite quickly. Yeah, well, I think it's going to take a bit more to to um, see how that goes. But I think um, with Bordeaux, obviously they're sixth, so they're not bad. But um, this was a very interesting game in that, as Jess said, it was very up and down, up and down. And... Um, well, Ruffier was good also. We had some good goalkeeping um, contributions over the weekend. Um, Gomez for Dijon, mm. I think, also was very good in, in keeping that under control. But, yeah, if Saint-Étienne have, have started to hit their rhythm again, as I'm sure we're coming on to next, Monaco seem to have got their groove on. Um, this should make things more interesting as they kind of push back up the table. Mm, yeah, agreed. And uh, it's a nice segue to Monaco because I just want to take a little bit of a, a pause to speak about them. They won 3-2 against Rennes. And Jez, the question I'm going to put to you straight away, is this all about Jardim finding his um, finding his mojo again? Or is it a case of no Ben Yedder and Slimani, no team? Because they are single-handedly dragging Monaco, it seems that way. To, to wins, Benyadeh with, with two, including a, a last-minute winner, having had a goal chalked off uh, earlier. Case Baldo's goal was chalked off for VAR. Moas um, and Hunu with the strikes for Ren, I should say. Slimani with the one in between. What's your thoughts on, on what's changed about Monaco? Yeah, no, for me, it's absolutely Slimani and Benyadeh. I mean, I still think the defence looks dire. I still think there's not that much going on in midfield. I think it's just... The class of those two, we'll see if it lasts for Slimani. It didn't. He had a good start at Leicester, and it didn't last then. Ben Yedder, we know, is a is a sort of consistent striker. But um, yeah, I think certainly in this match, it was a mixture of their quality and pretty bad play by Ren as well. Yeah, um, yeah. this was not a high quality match. 
no no it definitely wasn't what's your thoughts in terms of longevity on this film because it's all very well saying yeah i mean these two strikers benedere in 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 um in large part is the one that's really caught my eye but it only goes so far when you do the old well if you score four we'll score five trick you know any injury to him yeah. or any good team we're going to take them apart surely i they they still have issues at the back clearly but what they've done is turn around an inability to score into an ability to score and that's got to help so while in a big match you'd still i'd still be nervous about what they could manage they are now actually competing with the teams around and ren are obviously higher up the table uh, or were higher up the table before this having uh, now hit a fairly bad run of form but i think uh, monaco they're not you know back baby championship winning title winning whatever but they are uh, they are back in the sense that i'm now no longer that worried about them Mm. So unless something happens to, you know, one of that pair, hopefully now everybody's got a bit more kind of confidence and vim behind them that that would be less of an issue as well. But yeah, they still need to sort the defence out because it's a bit of a shambles back there. Yeah, steadied the ship, but um, still stormy waters ahead to Was navigate it twen- 21 conceded? In 10 games. 10 games, yeah. That's not the best. not fabulous. That is the worst in the league. And it's worst by a bit of a gap as well. So, yeah. Three of them to mess as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when you know you've got problems. I'm joking. Um, and they're uh, away to uh, free-scoring <laughs> Nantes at the weekend. I am, of course, ribbing. Um, that's tomorrow night, in fact, 25th. So uh, followed by uh, games away, uh, sorry, home to Marseille and away to St Etienne. So the next couple of weeks might give us a, a look at what... Um, what Monaco are again because not are always tough to break down and Marseille and St Etienne decent test for them so we shall see um, the uh, final game of the weekend um, I do again just want to have a brief one on this one um, Jez Marseille won 2-0 against Strasbourg I can't remember the last time I watched St Etienne without A yawning B flicking through my phone or see losing the will to live, or sometimes a combination of all three, mm-hmm. and and I do I do mean that in a sort of a, you know, I want them to be better. I, I want something to happen. But what what is it? Is, is it Villas Boas? Is, is it the squad is still just not balanced? I mean, they they all they were always going to win this game, but Strasbourg with a, a better finish, well, with any finisher, let's be honest, yeah. could have got something from this. Um, I don't know if that was a Freudian slip, but you said Saint Etienne. <laughs> Did I? Um, sorry. <laughs> the Strasbourg, sorry. <laughs> I know, instead of Marseille. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, even worse. I, uh, I'm hesitating. I kind of, um, I feel like I'm going to probably wind Marseille fans up in sure a different not. way to usual in the sense that I kind of, I'm going to really patronise them and say that I sort of, not I feel sorry for them, but I think, Villas Boas is doing as well, if not better, that can be expected, considering what he's got to work with. Mm. Um, you know, he wasn't able to sign anyone. <clears throat> they brought in a decent centre back and a decent striker, but there's not much else there. Payet 
clearly has decided that even though it's a year with an even number at the end, he still can't be bothered. Um, or, you know, next year, I mean, with a tournament at the end of it. Tovan still hasn't come back. Um, there's still the same players showing sort of <clears throat> green shoots of ability in Kamara and um, Kaleta Saar. And there's still others that are showing very little. So I'm kind of, I think a lot of it maybe is also due to the inconsistency of a lot of other teams in the division. Um, obvious ones are teams like Lyon, Monaco. And you have to say a lot of this match was about how bad Strasbourg are at the moment, which is a real concern. But <clears throat> I think that considering that he's sort of functioning with at least one hand tied behind his back, um, I'm reasonably impressed with how Villas Boas is doing. It, as you said, it's really not necessarily great to watch, but at least they're making themselves hard to beat. Um, it's kind of, I guess, more like, again, it probably will hurt Marseille fans to say it, but um, their most successful times of recent years have probably been under Deschamps, at the start under Bop, um, at the start under Garcia. I know that the, the Marseille fans will say the best football was under Bielsa, but obviously they were never going to win anything under him because he's a bit of a fraud, um, just to wind them up a little bit more. Also, but... Leeds fans. Hello, it's Jeremy Smith on Twitter. <laughs> oh, happily, I was speaking to a Leeds fan the other day about it and said what I thought there as well. Um, they're just distracted by the fact that their director's even bigger fraud. But um, <laughs> possibly... And anyway, I won't say that. Bit. Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of probably hurtful to Marseille, but yeah, the, their their strongest years have been where they've had to kind of ditch the entertaining football, just make themselves sort of dirty and hard to beat. And I suppose at the end of it, if you've got maybe European football or a trophy or a good cup run or something to show for it, then maybe that kind of evens it out and vindicates the, the dour football. But it's just a pity that it seems that that's pretty pretty much all that Marseille are capable of at the moment. The other good thing that I would say, at least, is that by all accounts, they, they have got their sort of um, youth development very much in order now, which is a first for them for, for quite a while. There's a couple of, of young players gradually being introduced on top of players like um, Kamara. Um, so... Um, there are some positives there, but I'm not sure how many of them will sort of bear fruit this year. It might be a year or two of sort of, um, you know, tightening the purse strings and tightening everything at the club um, for maybe some medium-term success. Yeah, yeah, I, I tend to agree with that, I must admit. Do you, do you enjoy them, Phil? Is there any part of your... I enjoy Sakai. I think mm. um, there's been a bunch of stuff on Twitter and social media about new clothes. These kind of new um, supporter shirts and hoodies and stuff. And So you've got Payet and a couple of the others looking moodily down the camera and then Sakai in the background grinning from ear to ear because um, yeah, he that's his nature and most Marseille fans are responding to this with I love him <laughs> and I think yeah if you've got like I say if you're used to kind of running things and now you're not anymore so you have to be more defensive a bit more 
boring, etc., etc. Someone who actually looks happy to be around is a good thing. And not a lot of them do, frankly. So it's, but they're still fourth. You know, it's not terrible. I mean, they had, uh, what was it, three draws and a loss before this game, and they're still fourth, which again, as Jer said, possibly shows what the rest of the league is is like at the moment in consistency, Sam. So it's, I think it's, we're still, if you look, it's Nantes in second on 19, and then you shuffle all the way down to Toulouse in 15th, on 12 it's the seven points between that entire span of of the league this is not fixed apart from obviously psg winning chester um but you know there's a lot every game between anybody in that middle bit in fact any game is still interesting and that's um i think a strength somebody somebody was saying um look at ligon without psg and then then do the analysis and i think that's actually very fair in a sense if we just kind of ignore the title <laughs> the rest of it is still it's really dynamic and it yeah. can change from one moment to the next and you know, what we've got coming up next weekend is going to make a big difference. So, yeah, PSG Marseille is going to be possibly an uncomfortable watch. Yeah, at the time. But, you know, it's still kind of all to play for podium-wise. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens in, in the Classic, which is, of course, the, the highlight of the game of the weekend. I did just want to give some love to um to two players uh feel free either of you to, to chime in but two two players for strasbourg that i really like the look of um and i don't think will be there for, for too long if if indeed they um they they do drop or if, well, even if they don't to be fair um but uh, jean rigner uh, bellegard I, I think it's pronounced um and mohammed simakam uh, put my teeth in i swear to god both I quite like. 19, Simicon, um, Bellegarde, 21. Either of you have any thoughts on these? Uh, Strasbourg sort of kind of seem to me to be primed to be raided if these, if these you, two young lads you, progress. You hipster, you. Uh, I, I know, I just, um, yeah. I think Bellegarde is one of the, I think I said it at the time that he might prove one of the signings of the summer. Mm. He did really well at Lens and it takes a lot for me to compliment anything or anyone to do with Lance. Seconded. <laughs> he was qu- he was quality for them last year and um yeah I thought that was a really canny signing by Strasbourg. Jiku as well who I like a lot. Mm. And yeah it's I think it's just as usual it just shows that the problems that we, we see year in, year out with League Out that not many of the teams are equipped to either maintain form for two seasons in a row or certainly not to maintain it across domestic and European competition, unfortunately. I still think they'll probably climb their way out of trouble, but mm. it's it's not an ideal situation. Yeah, need to score yeah. goals. That's the big thing, isn't it? They need to score goals. Is it something like they have? They scored once since May, I think it was, away from home. I mean, that's that's got to change. Well, they've got... 
I'm looking at this and they, they've got six goals scored mm. so far. Dijon have five. Yeah. And then there's a jump. Let's yeah. put it that way. So, not, yeah, they, they do, are, um, do something on that front, definitely. They are at home to Nice, who are seemingly very up and down at the moment, so I wonder how mm, that might go. The weekend. Not sure they're that up and down. And after four without a win, you, you'd fancy, I think you'd fancy Nice to have, you know, one of their better days mm, on that one. They'll so. go in as favourites for sure. It's just yeah. uh, whether Strasbourg can turn things on its head um, for, for Kenny Lala's sake. God bless him. <laughs> um, but yes, we shall. Uh, we shall see. We'll um, we'll leave league on there for a moment. Then we will revisit just for the end of the show to have a look at the next weekend's games. But we've had some European games in the meantime. We're going to probably go a bit Champions League heavy this week because they're the games that are played. St Etienne currently won all in their game. Um, Gabriel Silver, I think, scored at both ends. That's always fun. But uh, on to Champions League action. Um, let's start with PSG. Uh, Jazz, they went away and, uh, and scored five, which is always nice. Um, but Kylian Mbappe will, will grab the headlines, and there is another player that I want to focus on in a moment. But what was your overall feelings on, on how they performed in, in this particular game? I believe qualification is now secured. They look like a side that, not quite. Okay, fair enough. So near enough. They look like a side to me that, if if it clicks, it clicks brilliantly. But do you still have reservations about when they play somebody good? It all coming a little bit apart because Bruges weren't the best. Well, I, first half I thought was actually relatively even. PSG scored early, and then. Um, they they saw they were a little bit under the cosh I thought for for the rest of the match uh, the rest of the half and it was in the second half that the quality told and in a way it was a pretty accomplished European match or European performance especially away from home get that early goal soak up some pressure and then and then sort of go up a gear in the second half obviously it helps massively when you've got a player like Mbappe that you can bring off the bench I think that the, the only problem is obviously that. The last few years, PSG have looked pretty decent in the group stage. It's just when it comes to the mm. knockout stages that that there's issues. But it does... I mean, there are kind of reasons to be a little bit more hopeful this year. For a start, they've got a midfield. Um, secondly, they've got a choice of strikers. And arguably, even the fact that a couple of them have, have been injured at the start of the season, you never know, could help them out later in the in the in the season where if they're they're a little bit fresher um you know Cavani say he sort of just turns up around new year time having had a few months rest he mm. could look sharper than, than he did for um last year when he had quite a few injury niggles so I'm still not necessarily going to say that they're Champions League favourites but you look at all the other supposed favourites no one's playing particularly well frankly no, it's quite an open tournament, I think, looking mm. at it at the moment. There's, there's a lot of teams that are out there. One player we haven't mentioned, and, and I want to, I know you do as well, Phil, is, is mm-hmm. Angel Di Maria. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that pass was incredible. The goal he got against Nice, sublime. But he just strikes me as a player who, in the last 18 months, two years even, has just gone up a level. And I don't think he gets the credit he deserves, really. I think because um, the PSG talk is... Neymar, Mbappe, and maybe Cavani. Mm. And obviously, when Mbappe went out injured, you've got basically all of France having a kind of 
nervous tick. Um, oh my God, is he okay? Is he okay? You got the Neymar stat, which is he's now missed as many goal as many games as he's played for PSG or been eligible to play. It's, I think it's 50-50 now. Cavani's out injured. And it's like, oh my God, that really compromises their forward line. And you've got Angel Di Maria coming on going, yeah, hold my beer. I've got this. Don't worry about this, chaps. He's the top scorer. He's got seven goals, uh, five assists. He's the only PSG player to have appeared in all 14 competitive fixtures. I think... Um, uh, Verratti and Silva have played more minutes, but he's made more appearances. He's just stepped into the breach in a completely calm and positive and practical way and is being brilliant. And that's something where we've said before, you know, do PSG need Neymar with all the drama and the whatever? Yeah, you know, Di Marie is is playing an absolute blinder at the moment. And while he didn't score against uh, Brugger, he did put that wonderful um, kind of pinpoint slotted pass in for Mbappe's hat-trick goal. Mbappe, meanwhile, is um, giving post-match interviews saying, because he came off the bench and scored a hat-trick, I just wanted to show it's difficult to do without me, which is the kind of uh, attitude I think the PSG fans uh, absolutely love and rightly. Um, so, yes, it is a bit Neymar in the stands looking sad. Do we need him kind of situation? But I think Di Maria has really, this season, just, it's not even been that dramatic. He's just, come in, gone, lads, we're fine, I've got this, and taken it forward. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens if, when, everybody is fit, and Tuchel can pick his, inverted commas, ideal starting eleven. will Di Maria actually get the nod ahead of Neymar because what he's proved he can do? And I think the next couple of weeks, I don't know when Neymar's supposed to be back. I've kind of lost track of what's wrong with him at the moment. It's, it's a um, hamstring hamstring issue, I believe, this one. I think it was... Christmas? A, I, I, think it's I think it's before that. I think from yeah. what the initial reports are sort of mid-November, I believe. So Right, so Coupe de la Ligue, that'll be cracking. Um, but I think um, one thing uh, that we talked about with um, how they work in the group uh, system they given possibly given the injuries they do seem a little less flashy at mm. the moment and that does seem to be working out well for them More so maybe 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 that's something to go with you know pick the good players and not the the starlets and and see what happens Mm, yeah, definitely look more robust and more. They, they do look to have a bit of a stronger edge about them. Um, mm. They do have a steely resolve. That defence still worries me a little bit, but yeah, it yeah. is. It is one of those that time will I think tell. It, in fullback wise, you got Bernard Mernier played um, on Tuesday, mm. and you had Kimpembe and Silva in the middle. Silva got eight from Lequipe, obviously, um, but they do now kind of have the ability to change things up back there. 
it's as just said, midfield is the one where you're kind of wondering how that's going to pan out. Yeah. But they seem to have a better balance than they've had in previous years. So there might not be the... I mean, this was 5-0, obviously. But they might not kill people 6-0 in the league that often. Mm. But they're still going to win. And that, I think, is what we've always looked at as a possibility and the opportunity to bring young players forward. Mm. If you win 2-0 or 6-0, it's still three points. Effective. Yeah, so, it's you know, progression, isn't it, that you want to see? It's that sort of ability to take that form on and take it on to the higher level when they meet mm-hmm. the, the top sides in, in European football. Um, I think I think it's a given they will qualify from that group. Um, it's just dependent now upon who they may potentially draw in the next stage. So um, mm. that will be one to, to keep. Which is always on. hilarious. I think that's on the sixteenth uh, of December we get the draw. So you know, yeah. Sit in for that one. Yes, yes, indeed. So um, that was a a favourable night for PSG. And um, yeah, a little nod to Kylian Mbappe. I mean, what hasn't been said already that the kid is is class. Um, It's just a question of him getting as good as Rashford. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even... Don't even uh, tweak that little nipple of love, Jazz. I'll go off on one. But yeah, hilarious that people even consider that as a comparison, really. Um, yes, um, certainly um, certainly not as good as Marcus Rashford would be Lille. Um, I want to talk about next. Don't worry, listen. They I'm have saving a the point now. They though. do. They have and, a point. And, and what a Bless wonderful equaliser as well. It took Jonathan a 95th minute equaliser from Jonathan Oconee for them to get their first point. Well done to them. I I, really, I I didn't see this match. I was watching Israel's. I really enjoyed uh, Mukta Dikabi's full meltdown as he got sent off as well. That was um particular particular highlight. But yeah, Dennis Cherishev put Valencia in front, but Ikone came up trumped with a, an absolute rocket, which after about seemingly 20 minutes of VAR eventually was given um, <laughs> to, to wild scenes. Um Jess, what do you think about Lille in terms of... I, mean, I, I, th- I don't think they're going to get through this group. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. But is this all about experience and, and them taking some of these players? I mean, we've seen Osman come through this season. Is it, is it all about just sort of stabilising again and, and building and trying to qualify again? It's almost like that repeat pattern for a club like Lille. It's just about experience at this stage. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it would, it would be nice if they, they sort of sneaked... Europa League qualification as a bonus, mm. but um, it was it's a tough group. I mean, we said that that it was not necessarily makeable, but sort of competitive. But it is a, they could have had an easier draw, and even the three matches so far, you know, Ajax. I think it was they gave as good as they got for quite a while. Chelsea, it was um, a relatively late Chelsea winner, and everyone raved about what a good goal it was. I think it was a complete fluke, just hit mm-hmm. it into the ground a bit earlier than it was meant to, and then looped over the keeper. So I thought that, that was a bit of bad luck there. And then yesterday, frankly, a draw was was probably the the well, was the very least they deserved. They outplayed Valencia for most of the match. I think they had something like twenty seven attempts on goal. So even though it's just one point from nine. I think they haven't given a bad account of themselves overall in the three matches. And the only sort of real concern is that um, the the league form is, is 
a little bit more sketchy. And then, you know, the two one defeat to lose actually is the opposite. That was probably a little bit flattering for them. Toulouse missed the penalty and 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 were you know well worth their win. And Gautier really laid into the Lille team after that match. So mm-hmm. again, a bit like what we were saying earlier about. I can't remember who we were saying it about, but um, I just think it's, it, I think it's Strasbourg. It's kind of tough for a team like that with some very young players, with the heart of the team that qualified for Europe ripped out of it in the summer. Um, lots of them experiencing Europe for the first time. It's just very difficult to, to really give um, a full account of themselves in, in both, in both tournaments or both competitions. And so, um, yeah, the Champions League is probably a little, that group is a little step too high for them, but the hope is that it doesn't affect their, their league form too much. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm just, as Phil said, I was just delighted to see them get that point at least, and it was really good to see mm. the um, the scenes after they got that point. And you, you never know, weird things have happened in groups, but yeah, I think like you say, Europa League, if they could sneak that, I think would be good progress given them. Um, where they were at the start of the, of the when the draw came out. But um, speaking of clubs that could do with um, <laughs> progress and a jolt, we, oh, we mentioned, uh, yeah, we mentioned uh, Rudy Garcia's um, uh, booed entry, booed exit, uh, home to Dijon uh, in, in the enthralling 0-0 draw at the weekend. Um, <laughs> it's a difficult one, this, to, to, to go into, really, because Benfica got, got the win 2-1 in no small part to Anthony Lopez um, pulling one of those things that I think, maybe I'm being harsh here, but I think this is what separates Anthony Lopez from being a, a truly world-class goalkeeper and being just quite good, in that he has these moments um, where he just does something a little bit bonkers. And does the, he? I think he does. I think he's, I just, I look at him, I watch him, and I think sometimes he's magnificent. And then I think, oh, hang on, why are you coming for that cross? Or why have you come out to, to meet that ball? And, do you know what I mean? I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm being harsh, but I just, I just feel like he's always got a rick in him. The, the, um, uh, the lad at Dortmund is the same, Berkey. They're both very good goalkeepers, but I just always feel like they've got a rick in them. Um, Ooh, but that, that's, not the, that's not the story, really, I suppose. Either. The story is, is Leon losing again. Um, I mean, where, where do we begin, Phil? Where, where, would, you, where would you start? Um, I mean, it's, it's not started well. and He's kind, no, he's kind of already fighting the, the torrent, isn't he? This is kind of, uh, you expect a new manager bounce, but if you've got a new manager, that bounce might also be downward. Hmm. You know, a bad bounce. Like in tennis, you can have a bad bounce in tennis, right? Um, Is this going to work? Who knows? Um, Tarek Amir, who is uh, Le False number 12 on Twitter, has a piece up where he's basically arguing with himself on the website about uh, Garcia coming in at Lyon and everything that's happened. It's it's a it's a flaky club basically, um, and yes, they have a wonderful youth development system. Yes, they have some very strong players. Yes, they have a wonderful history and great fan groups. But it's it's flaky, mm. and I think. That's possibly not going to change anytime soon. Tarek's um, line is always there, consistently inconsistent. And I think you can see this. I mean, drawing... It wasn't that they drew against Dijon, who were 
near bottom and sable, near the bottom and sable at the weekend, but it, they drew nil nil, mm. which is different from drawing, if you see what I mean. So this one, um, Depay got the goal, which actually leveled things for a bit uh, before Benfica got the winner, kind of 15 minutes later through Pitsy. So. Mm-hmm. They're still on four points with Zenit. I don't know what Zenit did last night. I presume they won, but they're still in the reckoning with that. So, what was that? The Zenit game was two-one to Leipzig, wasn't it? That was that incredible ah. winner from Sabitzer. Yes, yeah, yeah. That was so good, yeah. that's it's a really close group, mm. and I think that's. Um, going to be interesting. Obviously, they're in absolute absolute shambles in Ligue 1, but that's a longer game. So, I think Garcia really has to, in a sense, block everything out, including like possibly the call, calls <laughs> from his, calls from the president. From the booze, um, yeah. But actually, block everything out and concentrate, because the players are good enough they just need they need to be organised, and you'd hope that by the time we get to Christmas, the table will look significantly different. Mm. You need or, to for or it's or it's an absolute shit show, and everything blows up. So I'm I don't think I'd see this as a, a massive setback. I mean, this was Benfica's first points in the Champions League. So you're thinking, eh, whatever. But it's away from home. They lost to a late goal. Fine. The context is is kind of coloured by drawing nil-nil with Dijon um, a couple of days previously. So who were they playing um, this, this weekend? weekend it's... No, I'm looking at completely the wrong. Matt. There, there we go. <laughs> uh, okay. away, away, away from home, Matt, as well. So good luck with that one, Jess. But yeah. That, I mean, that might be... <clears throat> apologies, Jess. Um, that might be a fruitful occasion. So, you know. Mm. I'm not sure where I... I'm not sure where I... Um, where I sit on, on this one. Jez, you, you um, feel free to, to defend Anthony Lopez as well on this one. I, I, will, I will take that happily. But overall, I mean, does it, is, it, is it significant change? I think, I think it was yourself that tweeted last night. Um, it was either yourself or Rich. I get, I get confused between the two of you, as you know. <laughs> um, but um, I think you were talking about that Jeffrey and Adelaide left out again. Um, the, the lineup seem a little bit strange in that some players that you probably think will be automatic choices are not getting in. They, their youth is, is exciting. Um, is it Chekhti, the, um, the young ladder? Is he only 16? I think it's a bit much for, to be pushing him into mm. the lineup, but he's doing great things for the youth squad. So the youth is still coming through, but is this a time where they need to find experience and, and dig in and need big performances from their big players? Is that, would that be a fair comment? Yeah, I think it probably is. I mean, on, on Lopez, I think Lopez is a lot like Bartes. If he was my keeper, I'd probably have a few, heart attack, a few heart attack moments. But I actually don't think he makes that many mistakes at all. And um, 
Personally, I don't rate Berkey, so I thought that was a really harsh comparison. (laughs) (laughs) Put me down. (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, I felt really sorry for him yesterday because the number of times that he saved Leon and then then that happens yesterday. But I I agree with Phil that it shouldn't be terminal. That's still a very makeable um, group and certainly the, the win away to Leipzig. Um, really sets sets Lyon up very well. They should qualify from that group now, I think. Mm. Um, in terms of Lyon in general, I just I think for Garcia, if you forget about any kind of long term plans and even try to forget about the Marseille Association, it's not the worst appointment in the world. In the sense that Lyon are flaky and probably need a bit of a disciplinarian there and someone who knows how to grind out results. And at least whenever he starts at a new club, this is all the stuff that Garcia is reasonably good at doing. It's just that when you do factor in all the rest of it, and especially because Lyon do seem to be a club that um, are almost overtaking Marseille in the kind of everything's a huge crisis stakes. And, and the fact that they seem to function better when everyone's feeling happy and there's a feel-good factor there. I'm not sure that bringing in a Marseille reject was a particularly good idea. Yeah. Again, read read Tarek's uh, article where he talks to himself. It's uh, an eye-opening read. In terms of the two matches so far, I mean, there's different ways to look at it. Dijon Gomez did have an amazing match and goal. Mm -hmm. But... Although on paper Lyon had quite a few shots and a few shots on target, twenty-four to six, ten on but, target to one. But they still, good it was still, it still wasn't very good football at all. No, um, and again, there was very little transition. There was lots of kind of crossing, lots of width. There was nothing down the middle. Again, I thought I, Ren Adelaide was massively missing. Um, yeah, I, I do think that the big players need to step up. But the problem is, I'm not actually 100% sure anymore who the big players really are. I know that I get lots of stick from Lyon fans, but I still think Aroua has been a huge disappointment. and is not. I've seen more from him this season than last season, but I'm still not sure he's fulfilling his potential or stepping up in the way that we hoped he would since Fekir's gone. Um, I thought Anderson was getting better literally by the match, so I'm surprised that he's been dropped for Marcelo. Um, I'm still not sure they 100% know the, their best fullback combinations. Um, Toussaint, I still like, but Leon fans are massively on the back of. Dembele is oh, a good really? finisher, but needs service and he's not getting any. And Depay's Depay. He can do great stuff like he did yesterday and then he can vanish for, for a month. Mm. So I have used it before about other teams, but. I'm not. Sure. I think about Saint Etienne and a lot of their players. I'm not sure how many of Lyon's players you'd kind of want in the trenches with you. I know it's a horrible sort of English punditry cliche, but they're just there's too many that just feel a little. I mean, Chris, you're you're well placed to talk about it as an Arsenal fan, but there's too many there who feel mentally weak. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, don't yeah. let's kick this off. No, but but you're right. You are right, and 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 actually, to to sort of put that point into sharp focus, you talk about Memphis Depay there. Um, I think it's probably a, a bit of a stretch to to compare it to the Özil situation because Depay is playing 
but I, I get so tired of, of these players that are essentially just living off reputations of a couple of good games against, you know, Toulouse and well, not Dijon in this case, but do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Depay can offer so much more and I don't feel like he, he steps up enough as a senior professional who, you know, rebuilt his career. He, he's got Leon to thank for taking a stab at him when his career was nowhere. Um, and you look at the difference between quite a good comparison, different club, I know, but you look at what Angel Di Maria's done since his career was apparently, you know, he was basically Sunday League because he couldn't cut it at Man United. Um, and it's apparently still Sunday League because he only plays in France, but I won't go there. Um, you know, he's rebuilt his career essentially by stepping up when his club needed him the most. And I feel like Depay in particular is one of those players that when it suits him and whenever, when the wind is blowing, he's a porridge player, as I would call it. Well, you know, when it's just right, he's fine. Mm. But, but when it's not, he disappears. And I don't think Leon can afford to have players like that. I mean, even, even Dembele, I, I actually feel a bit sorry for him. I feel like he's not, I don't feel like he got the right, the right amount of game time under Silvino and we'll have to see what happens under, under Garcia. But he's another player that you just wonder if things aren't going his way. Will he just kind of sulk? Or will he get on with it? And and our, I'm un, I'm I'm not sure where I sit. I think he's hugely talented, but I do kind of see where you're coming from, Jeff. I do think sometimes again, he's talked a lot about the armband and about stepping into Nabil Fakir's shoes, and you do think sometimes is is that is that really what he can do, or is that just what he would like to do? And, mm. and you do you do wonder. Um, what's been suggested? Yeah, yeah. What? How much of it is hype? Because Fakir being Fakir, you know, it's a kind of uh, natural, I want to follow in his footsteps as opposed mm. to being your own player. So. They're, they're a very likeable club, Leon. This is the thing as well. I think most mm. people want them to succeed. <laughs> I'm not sure everyone would agree with you there. Well, no, do, but... well no, but the, the players, <laughs> From an outsider. I mean, you look at Fakir, you look at all the um, Le Bleu, videos of Fakir and he just seems such a sweet guy who doesn't really know what's going on around him. Um you know, yeah, there's a there's a side of that. There's yeah. an there was an interesting couple of tweets from a, a Leon fan on Twitter today kind of saying that the recruitment team get nowhere near enough credit because Leon sort of consistently mm. kind of sell three huge first teamers every couple of years and manage to replace them, usually with not obvious choices, mm. um, and, and they become the next stars. And the, I guess it's a little bit like Monaco, that it doesn't take that much of a drop-off for, um, yeah. for it all to go wrong. You just it's need one risky bad summer. Strategy. Yeah. Um, and you look at the, the signings this summer, and like I said, I think Anderson has improved and has been a little shoddily treated. I think Ren Adelaide hasn't needed to improve, but has been shoddily treated. But um, in other cases, um, Thiago Mendes has been a horrific player so far, yeah, which is a real shock. He's the one that I thought would fit in kind of most seamlessly. Mm. Um, and then drop off even on you know players like Martin Terrier who finished last season so well and, and yeah. hasn't quite found his form this year. There's there's Denial. there's problems all through the club at the moment and they're not horrific problems. You know that you have to say they're still no, it's, kind of it's, it's in a better place than Marseille, problem. for example. But there's yeah. that yeah, there's just issues that 
it's easy to say, but I suppose with hindsight, you could say could have happened any time within the last few years. It's just happened, mm. happening that it's taking place now. So yeah. it's not, in a sense, there isn't one big problem. There's a bunch of problems and they're all kind of piling up a bit. Yeah. Feels yeah, like the issue. When you solve one and, and you know, it's yeah. close it's to... It's a bit wacky. Yeah. Um, can you, I... Um, just mentioned the European competition in which France are doing actually quite well. You may. Just before you do, I just want to ask or just want to say to listeners, um, if you want a little chuckle, uh, go to at la PVLGA's Twitter. Have a little look at the meme you've done for Rudy Garcia. It's quite amusing. Uh, Phil, all yours. Okay. Uh, so the Women's Champions League, uh, we're in the round of 16 first leg, and Lyon and PSG both won away 4 0. Uh, so PSG were away at Bredablik in Iceland. Um, they were 3 0 up at half time through Savic, Formiga, the Goddess. Uh, Kototo, and then in the second half, Dudek got the fourth. Um, OL won away 4-0 at Fortuna in Denmark. Uh, two for um, Ada and two for Eugenie Le Sommer, and they had 37 shots to one, 15 on targets to one. So I'm guessing Fortuna goalkeeper is currently... Um, kind of drinking vodka in a darkened room. Uh, so they are in good, good places to bring uh, their opponents back for the home leg in the second leg of the round of 16 and go forward from there. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, 37 shot, wow. 30, yeah. I mean, I can only... I don't know what it's like to be a goalkeeper because, you know... You wouldn't but, want oh to. Oh my god. <laughs> you wouldn't want to face in that low, would you? Christ on the bike. That yeah. would be something. So, anyway, and uh, we just got news. It, it has finished. Saint Etienne won. Alexandria won uh, in the Europa League with indeed silver scoring at both ends. Yes. Which is neat, at least. In the, uh, the first club to successfully draw with an American rock band. No, that's asking Alexandria. Anyway, let's move on. Um, right, let's uh, just finish off with a, a very quick look ahead to the weekend's fixtures. Um, we've all said that Classic is, is the big one of the weekend. So that's the Sunday 8 o'clock kickoff game. Uh, we've got Nob Bonico on the Friday, which is tomorrow at time of recording. Um, Lille Bordeaux might be a good watch or it might be terrible. I can't decide which of the two. That's 4.30 on the Saturday. Uh, and then the seven o'clock batch of games, we've got Strasbourg, Nice, which we've mentioned, uh, Brest, Dijon, uh, Lyon, Metz, which we've also mentioned, Rams, Nîmes, which could be a lot of fun, and Montpellier, Angers, and then the missing two fixtures there are the Sunday games, Rennes, Toulouse, Etienne, Amiens. Um, which one of those do you fancy, Phil, other than the obvious one we've mentioned? I think I'll be watching the multiplex and just praying for a goal because, I mean, you know, I might be struck down on this one, but the multiplex doesn't look like a goal fest to me. No. The old border uh, is earlier. Rasni, there could be a fight. Fine, watch it. Montpellier Angers has kind of 
tightly defended, possibly nil nil to all written all over it, prestigion. Yeah. I just I don't I don't feel goals. Yeah. Any def- Which def- possibly means you should all bet on a lot of <laughs> goals. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Because my record is is bad. What's yeah. your thoughts, Jez? Any of those stand out to you that are worth a, a flick? Yeah, Ras Neem, definitely. Mm. Um, Neem, I still think, are playing decent football. They're not quite getting the results of the rub of the green this year, but again, it's, it's very close down there. So it only takes a result or two for things to change a lot. And, and Haas have had a fantastic start to the year, basically just carrying on where they left off last year. I think Arguably, they've strengthened, and I think they've got an even better keeper this year in Rykovic than than they had last year in Mendy. Um, they've they've had a, actually a reasonably difficult start to the season, but come through it. You know, they've beaten Marseille, they've beaten PSG, um, and and but I think they're looking great. And and obviously, I don't remember when they were a great team, but it's still nice to have a, a sort of fallen giant. Um, up at the top end of the table again and doing it just playing really nice football and arguably with their, their most talented player um, out with a long-term injury as well. So yeah, um, yeah. really impressed with them. They're, they're bringing in a few talented young players as well. Um, Dia has already started really well up front. Tisazi, who was already there last year but didn't really get a chance, but has looked really good in defence this year. I just think they're all round an extremely likeable team who play some really nice football and um, there's a lot of s- usual thing in, in the French press doing everything about Ligue 1 down and all these rose-tinted specs and they look across the channel to the Premier League but one of the things I think that is a little bit underrated in, in France which people people always say oh the, the, the coaching the managers are rubbish I think there are some very talented coaches there and there's a mm-hmm. few that just no one even talks about obviously Love is having a tough start to the year but I think he's done wonders with Strasbourg and I think Guillaume is one of those who's doing really really well at Haas and deserves a bit more credit yeah, yeah, well said. I, I do, yeah. I, I do kind of chuckle to myself when you hear the, the criticism of the Liga and then you look across Europe and you see just how many coaches it's produced players, it's produced, um, you know, young talent that's snapped up for big money that goes on and is often then forgotten about where it came from. It does always make me chuckle, but, um, you know, we're always going to have that, aren't we? We're, we're, we're not the popular league, so, you know, here's what it is. Um, as long as we enjoy it, that's the most important thing and, and enjoy it again. This weekend we shall. Um, I've said that. If there's a set of completely nil-nil draws, we won't. But you know, uh, let's hope not. Um, one thing. I think Paris Marseille sure, uh, will not be a nil-nil draw. No, I was just going to say. I think if there's one game that guarantees goals, that one will be the one. But uh, we shall see. We'll be back next week um, as per usual. You know the drill. Might be Tuesday. Might be Wednesday. Might be Thursday might be in the middle of the night on Monday. You just never know. But keep an eye on our feed. And we will, of course, post when we've done the show. Um, if you've got any questions, so if you've got any uh, observations from the weekend, then uh, please do get those across to us. We'll do our best um, to answer anything that you might ask. But uh, for now, all that remains for me to do is to thank my panellists. So thank you very much to Phil. And thank you very much to Jez. Thank you both. Thank, thank you. you. And uh, we shall be back next week with all of the weekend's action. Until then, Enjoy your French football and we'll speak to you very soon.